Hey there. Hello, Justin, and hello, everyone, and welcome to the 2019 Carson and Justin Golf Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Each week, Justin and I are going to come on and give you guys sort of a recap of the best golf moments of the week, the best golf shots, the best golf stories, um, and sort of give you a, a an image of, of uh what golf is like in 2019 for, for both Justin and I. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited to, uh, to bring you guys this, this podcast. And uh, Justin, I know you're just uh, as excited as I am. Your 2019 rules to run down today. That's going gonna, gonna to be a big topic throughout the golf world over, uh, especially the beginning of this new year. You see putting with the flag stick in and uh, many other ones we'll discuss here. So that's a, uh... Exactly. So that's the main that's, thing going on right now. That that's going to be our big topic this week for all the the listeners out there. We want to make sure you guys are educated on the rules before we even get started with this 2019 season. Um, so this first week, it's very important to to have a clear understanding of all the different golf rules and how to use them to your advantage. Because I think that uh, that Justin, I know Justin and I will will both use these rules very carefully throughout mm-hmm. the year and. Uh, and, and use them to our advantage because you, you can if you, if you really understand them yep. um, to the fullest extent. I used a couple um, of Berkwood yesterday. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll, we'll go through those as we, uh, as we go through the long list of rules here. We're going to pick some of the most uh, influential. Um, and we'll, we'll start right away with, the, uh, with some of the rules that have to do with, the, with when the golf ball is at rest. So... The, the biggest rule that, that comes to, to my mind here when, when looking through these is the a ball that's now moved during search is no penalty. So, Justin, if you're out there, you know. Step on it or something. Yeah, if you step on it, if you kick it, if you fall over and run into it while you're searching for your ball, it's no more. It's no longer a penalty, which I think I think that's a good that's Yeah, a I mean, I change. think that's good because anything, uh, movement of the golf ball like that would more than likely be inadvertent. And you don't want to be penalized for stepping on your golf ball and then giving yourself even a worse lie on top of a penalty. Right. Right. So so I, I think what we should do, Justin, here is, is sort of keep a tally for our listeners and and either check agree or disagree with with the new rule change. I agree with this. One. I, I would agree with that as well. So we, we have two agree. So we'll, we'll keep track at the end here and then see what what the final totals are. Um Another one that kind of goes along the same lines. No, it's no longer a penalty for move, moving your golf ball on the green. So if you accidentally drop your ball marker, hits the ball, if you kick it, if you trip and fall on the green and run into it, no longer a penalty. You just get to replace that ball to, to whatever spot um, you and your playing partners believed um, it to be. Justin, what are your thoughts on that? You know, like, I, I like it, but at the same time, I, I don't know if I like it. Because, like, on the green, it's just, it's just like, I, I, if you drop your ball ball mark on the ball, I've never done that personally where that's where it's actually moved the ball. Right. Um, and then the one thing is, is if it's, a like, a one-foot putt or something, and this dude's shaky from short range, and he goes up and, like, addresses the ball and, like, takes a nudge at it, and he's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that, then – then like what are you going to say there like i mean that's just the one one bending of the rule i can see there and i just feel like if you're a good putter on the greens you're going to be tuned in enough to not drop your ball mark on your ball fall on your ball 
or uh, accidentally hit your putter or accidentally hit the ball with your putter. So, right, right. I Even mean, I though... like it because it definitely helps, like, uh, the amateur golfer in, say, like, men's league or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, they, they aren't as in tune and focus on the green as the, as the competitive golfer. But, um, you know, Justin, I, I see your point there. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, dropping a ball marker out of your pocket, lands on the ball, running into your ball on the green, those are those are careless mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I think you should be penalized for a careless mistake like that. Like, yeah. And how, should... how much is the was the penalty? One stroke? I believe the penalty was just one shot. Well, yeah. See, like, that should be one stroke. It should. It should. But, and, and, you know, just to explain to our viewers why there are two similar rules here. That ball moved during search, and now a ball moved on the green accidentally. We, we have two different viewpoints on here. I'm going to say I disagree with this rule, Justin, this, this moving the ball on the putting green. What, what, what do you say? I mean, my initial thought was agree, and then, then I thought disagree, but I'm, I'm pretty neutral on this one. Okay. Because, so I mean, I'm, like, I will use it to, like, I won't have to be, like, quite as careful, you know, when uh, putting my putter behind the ball. Like, you can be – you don't have to worry about accidentally tapping the right. ball. You can be just more, like, freely, like, laying the putter down. That's one thing I did, like, three years ago in a tournament and moved the ball. So, so that – that's kind of nice. But at the, at the same time, it just – you should be more in tuned and aware on the green. So, I guess just put me in the disagree tally. Okay. So, we got in the two disagrees. And I don't know exactly, you know, your reasoning here, Justin, but – I'm going to assume, just to explain to the, to the listeners, why we disagree with this rule and agree with the, the ball uh, move during search and yeah. no penalty is because a ball move during search, you're looking for your ball. You mm-hmm. literally have no idea. Yeah, you, you don't know where it's at. You can be as careful as possible, and you can, you can run into your ball. Now, a ball moved on the green, it's right there in front of you. Nothing is obscuring your view of the ball. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. a careless mistake. Mm-hmm. I would agree there. Absolutely careless. So ne- next rule here, um, a ball. We're gonna we're gonna sort of move on a little bit to the rules where where the ball is in motion. The ball's moving. You know the the shots the shots currently currently happening here. Um, a ball in motion accidentally deflected. They they've revised this rule. It's no longer a penalty if a ball in motion is accidentally deflected by you your equipment or your caddy justin this is an interesting one wait so like you can bank the ball off your caddy if you doesn't that what it sounds like yeah like that or your equipment like you can just like like put it in a spot where like say say the ball is like 100% gonna like run off the green on like a chip or something or a putt and you just like so happen to see where your ball was at and you put the clubs on the other side, like off just off the green to where it'll stop the ball <laughs> from running off. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't even know that would happen. And then yeah, I, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, honestly. It really, it really doesn't. I mean, it says no penalty if your ball in motion is accidentally. Now, as long as you claim it was accidental. Yeah. That's, yeah, I that's, mean, that's the, the key word there. there. Then technically you're allowed to do it. And it, accidentally deflected by you so does that mean if you go up there and, and miss like a, a one or two foot putt and you kind of walk around the hole and, and put your putter on the on the other side of the hole and it knocks back off your putter and goes in you're like oh that's act- i mean i just think a lot of goofy things can happen with that one how in the world would you even accidentally deflect your ball 
You know, yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, unless it, unless the only way I could see it being completely accidental is if you're in the bunker and you take like a five iron and don't clearly do not have enough loft to get it over the lip and it goes right into the lip of the bunker and it kind of careens mm. back toward you and, and ricochets off of you or off of your club. Now see, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. That does. But like, if, if it's truly accidental, then I, I, I would, I guess I would agree with it. It's just, I don't usually see that happening a whole lot. Right. So, so you, 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 if I, if I'm getting sort of what, what you're saying here, you say it's kind of an unnecessary rule because it really doesn't happen. I mean, I've seen it happen before, but like, it just, it's just, if it's tr- a truly accidental thing where like a, a situation like you just described happens, then, then that makes, um, that makes like more sense. But, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like people could use it to their advantage, like unfairly and just claim it was accidental. Right. So that's just my yeah. opinion. I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll have to agree with the rule in general because I feel like people can kind of get robbed by having it hit a tree or something and coming right back and hitting off them or their club or their bag and then that being another penalty. So in that sense, I agree because that's a truly accidental scenario. But then, I mean, you got you got the hacks out there using the using the rules to their advantage. You know that's already going to be right. going on. You, aren't, you know it's already been going on <laughs> in 2019. What's that? Well, the, the hacks using them to their advantage. Oh, that's right. I mean, they're you know the hacks are always out there trying to cause disruption in the game. <laughs> no, they're just trying to find a way to lower the score. Lower, use the rules <laughs> to their advantage. They, no, their their easiest uh, their easiest device to lower their score is an eraser on the back of the pencil. <laughs> well, that, they, that that's also true. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, I you know, Justin, I'm going to have to agree with it as well if it's used correctly. That rule, I think it's got to be used correctly, and it it's actually it's a good rule. It's a good rule if people are honest about about. Uh, you know, when that situation. Yeah, like on the PGA Tour, I think this that'll be good. But like in in small tournaments, that could be that could be bad almost. Right. So another rule that has changed has to do with this. These rules now that we're going into have to do with taking relief. So you're taking a drop from either either for a penalty or not for a penalty. Um, which is the difference between one and two club lengths. But uh, I mean, the ma- the majority of our of our listeners hopefully know that uh, the differentiation <laughs> there. Um, but your relief area for dropping a ball now is a fixed size of either one or two club lengths using the longest club in your bag, other than your putter. So you must use the longest club in your bag. Um, and there are some other specifications on the dropping of a ball and we'll go into into the probably the most important the most controversial one and that is your ball must be let go from knee height and fall through the air without touching any part of your body or equipment mm-hmm. yeah that i mean I, I were you saying were you saying something yeah i'm just you know that's a that's a really interesting rule people that's a that is a gigantic change from from going straight out with your arm at shoulder height to all the way down at your knee and 
I, I just think there are a lot of different uh, situations that come into play. I mean, people could bend their knees technically all the way down to the ground hmm. and drop it from their knee, and that's that's still from your knee, you know? I, I think uh, – what, what are your thoughts? Um. Yeah, I just saw a video recently of uh... – PGA Tour player, he went to drop it at shoulder height, and like his playing partner started yelling, "No, no, drop it at knee height!" And uh, yeah, I just thought that was pretty funny. And I mean, I don't, I don't really mind this rule. Maybe waist height would make a little more sense, you know? Just like legs have to be straight, drop from waist height, <laughs> and then or our legs have to be straight, drop from knee height. But like the point you made, I guess somebody could try that. Uh, but I guess dropping closer to the ground gives you a little bit, a little better chance of getting a better lie so it's kind of nice right um, but I, I mean i'm fine with this rule i don't i don't think people could have i mean if somebody really thinks going down to their knees to drop the ball is going to give them an advantage <laughs> then i don't think that they're going to be good enough at hitting the ball to have That's that a good matter. point <laughs> That's a really good point <laughs> that is so true i think you'll see some people try to do that but really does five inches of drop in the ball. Does that really make a difference? I, I, I don't think so. Um, when it comes to bending your knees or just dropping from your knee. Um, and another rule that, that has changed because of this new dropping rule at your knee is how far the ball is now allowed to roll after it hits the ground when you're taking a drop. Normally it used to, the ball used to be able to land in the club length or club length and roll another club length away. But now Justin, when you when you put down a T and a T for one club length, it has to stay inside of that. It cannot roll outside, okay. which is, which is which is very different from from what people are used to. And I think people are going to have some rules violations when it comes to this because they will not remember that the ball actually has to stay in the amount of club lengths that you take relief. It cannot roll outside. Yeah. Um. Well, dropping from knee height should definitely like make the ball roll less. But if you're on a like a, a very tightly mowed slope, then then it definitely could roll outside of that. But I, if it I, if it does, do you just did you just place it if it does it two times? Yeah, if it does, and okay. that could be that could be a, a strategic play. There. Yeah, I mean, I think this rule is is fine. Um, it's just people might not really understand it and violate it and maybe get a penalty. Right. Or remember it, you know, I mean, yeah, people are going to have to educate themselves about the rules. So Justin, overall on those, those dropping rules there that we just covered, are you, are you in agreement with the majority yeah, yeah, of them? Yeah. I, I am as well. I think they were it's a good decision by the USGA to um, put those rules into play for, for the, tw- the year of uh, 2019. Um, now we're going to get into arguably probably one of the top three changes that will affect play the most, in my opinion. And that is the time allowed now to search uh, for a lost ball. Used to be five minutes. And I mean, people, as you have seen in tournaments, Justin, people will push it to the limit on that five Mm -hmm. minutes. They'll search all the way up to that five-minute mark and even more. And the claim is just five minutes, but it isn't, as we all know. Um, you're now only allotted three minutes to look for that lost ball. That two-minute difference could make could make a, a, a significant change in in people actually finding their golf ball or having to go back all the way to the tee. Yeah, I, I he, think, you want my opinion on it? Yeah, let, let's get your thoughts on this. 
I, I like this definitely to speed up play, but say in the scenario it's been three minutes and you start walking back to the tee box and you find your own golf ball, I feel like that should be no penalty. You should be allowed to play that. But, for instance, you're already back at the tee box and then, like, somebody else finds it, then then that's pushing it definitely. But I feel like if you – three minutes and you start walking back and, like, say 15 seconds later you stumble across it 20 yards back um, – that's kind of dumb to just like have a penalty when it was just like the rough was too long to find the ball um, in my opinion. But I like having three minutes to speed up play definitely because kids will hit it in the woods and just like look for 10 minutes and just (laughs) still shoot 150. Yeah. And and then like, I'll just be able to at three minutes. Don't find it. You got to go redeem, but then I'll hit in the woods again and it'll just be a never ending process. But anyways, (laughs) Uh, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I think, yeah, I but I like the three minutes and the PGA Tour. I doubt it's going to take more than three minutes to find a golf ball. Right. Oh, the people in the crowd are going to. That's. Not, I don't even think that rule applies to the tour, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, smaller tournaments like with less popular people, maybe. Right. A little bit, but like Tiger, like his ball is going to be found like from when it was hit off the tee all the way until it is finished. Exactly. So. Another rule, which people can use to their just, – just to let the listeners know, we both agree. I'm in agreement with that last rule about searching for the ball three minutes. Pace of play is so important. Golf is taking too long right now to play. Like six hours sometimes. Ridiculous. Let's get it back down to four hours, four and a half to play. It should take no longer than that. Um, you are now allowed to substitute your ball when taking – any type of relief, whether it's from, you know, whether you hit it into the water, hit it into a penalty area, which we'll get into later. That's their new kind of definition of, of hazards. Um, or whether it's just from a cart path or a sprinkler head or standing water. Um, you're allowed to take another ball out of your bag and replace it in the middle of the hole as long as you're taking a drop. Justin, do you think you'll use this rule in the, in the 2019 year? Well, I mean, couldn't you already use a different ball before if you hit it in the water? Yes, you could. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's my explanation of why they changed this rule is because people would get confused. The amateur, a lot of the amateurs out there, obviously we're both amateurs, but a lot of the people don't, weekend golfers will say, they're not even that. Um, Like people play like 10 times a year. They get confused thinking when, you know, when they enter a tournament, like one tournament a year, they get confused when they hit their ball in the water. They think they'd still have to finish playing the hole with that ball. So they go down in the water and try to find it. This was the, the explanation that I actually read online the other day. And I'm going, are you kidding me? People actually thought that? <laughs> like, wow. Play it as it lies. Play it as it lies, I guess. But um, that that's sort of the reason why they, why they changed this rule to allow you to just substitute a ball whether – it's a drop where you've hit into the water or it's a drop where you you're just taking relief off of a cart path. You can change the ball. And, and I think that that, 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 that's interesting. People can, can, can use this rule, but I really don't know if there's going to be really any benefits. So cart path is an example also. Any, any type of drop. So okay. any type of drop that you're taking for relief, whether it's for a penalty or not for a penalty, you can replace a ball. You can bring out another ball in your bag, above yep. your bag, and, and drop it. And, and take that other ball and throw it in the woods if you want to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I guess with a cart path, that plays a little role. But, like, 
does it just doesn't matter. Like I, I mean, any like top tier golfer is going to be using like the same golf ball throughout their bag more than likely. And then as you get lower in the ranks, like if someone's using a Pro V and they switch to a Bridgestone, do you really care? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I mean, the only thing I could see is like maybe use a like a distance ball off the tee, like a Bridgestone and like aim for the cart path and then change it out to a Pro V when you switch him out and uh, <laughs> get some more I, I spin. I can see you trying that, Justin. I mean, maybe. I mean, like, if it ever happens, like, if I get, if I'm using, like, a Bridgestone and I hit the car path and I have, like, a more spinny ball in the bag to, like, the tough approach, then I probably would use it. So, in that sense, it could play a little role. But you know, I, that's a very interesting point. I haven't heard anybody discuss that yet, but that actually is a strategy. It really is. You could play with two different types of balls as long as the tournament doesn't have a one ball rule. And you could, you could play some, some different, you could play a ball with, with distance, you could play the ball with spin, and you could kind of, kind of try to aim for the path. I guess you know. <laughs> yeah, but then the thing is, is if you don't hit the path, and you're coming in with a distance ball, and you're like, well, <laughs> that, that right. didn't work. Right, then then you're in trouble. Um, yeah, here's what you do: you go for the ground under repairs with a distance yeah. ball. <laughs> There you go. You you go out the night before and you plot out where the ground under repairs are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, another rule that falls in the same category, you now get relief for an embedded ball anywhere on the golf course, including the water, including a penalty area, including the fairway, the rough, the green, wherever, except the any bunkers, any sand. Oh, wow. Um, which is interesting, Justin, because if you hit your ball kind of in the water, kind of in a muddy area, and it plugs – I'm gonna be getting down there. I'm gonna try to be. I'm gonna try to find that ball. Because you can you just find wow. it and prove that it's plugged. You get you get relief from that. So you you would get to actually take your ball. Why can you? I just don't understand why you can do that, but not in a bunker. I know it doesn't doesn't really make any sense, does it? I mean, why why would you say everywhere on the course but a bunker if they allow you to do it in the water? Like <laughs> that. That's yeah, silly. I don't know. Because technically, Justin, you could hit it in the middle of the pond. You could scuba dive down, and there could be a ball, your ball at the bottom. You could identify it plugged, and you would get you would get the right to not have that ball plugged. So you'd be dropping the ball technically underwater and allowing it to not be in that hole. You know what I mean? It's just it's goofy. Yeah, I mean the water one very seldomly will come into play. Uh, it would have to be like right, like on a swampy area, right between the land and the water, probably. Right. Uh, and then maybe, but but uh, that rule I feel like only really applies for bunkers, and uh, it well it doesn't because because it says except for bunkers, and that would right. be the one area it would. And then I'm pretty sure it was uh, that was already a rule. Like if you're plugged in the fairway or if you're plugged in the uh, in the rough, you can take relief, couldn't you? Yes, you could. Yeah. yeah, so so basically the only change is that you can do it in the water now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so most I mean, of the tournaments do. I don't know if it's actually stated in the rules that that embedded ball in the fairway and, and the rough you are allowed to, but every tournament you play in, they allow a, a free drop for that. Yeah. So they, almost every event um, where that comes into play. Um, you know, Justin, I'm going to have to say I disagree with this rule, especially when it when – it, um, 
especially regarding the water. Yeah, I mean, I disagree. I feel like it's unnecessary. The only change would be with the bunkers, and then I guess, like, I don't know if I would agree with that in the bunker or not. I'd have to, like, they'd have to make that rule for me to consider that. And then, and then the water just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you're going to hit it in the water, just, just hit it in the water, take a drop point uh, on the nearest point or whatever, and, and, and move on. You're really going to go down there, try to find your plugged ball in the water, <laughs> and then drop it in the water again. Right. <laughs> and then play it like what? <laughs> I, just, I just don't feel like it was a necessary change, I guess, in my opinion. So I put me on the disagree. Okay. So just for a tally here, what what was your I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I I'm gonna say I'm neutral on the substitution of the ball in play. What, what what's your stance on that? Um I mean, I, I just I, – I agree, I guess, because, like, okay. if it says any type of drop, like water, you could al- already do it. And um, cart path, I guess you could use it. And I feel like, like, if you're a smart golfer, you might actually get some benefits out of that, you know. Right. So, That's yeah, right. I'll agree with that one. Okay. Another uh... – Another rule. This is the rule that I actually like the most. So I'm like triple agree on this one. I mean, I I can put as many agrees by this as, as, as humanly possible. Um, and that is repairing damage on the putting green. Repair of any damage is allowed on the putting green now, including spike marks and animal damage. Mm-hmm. Just I agree. You, you know, the thought that comes to my mind the the location in the whole world of golf that comes to my mind where this will come into play the most is the third green at Chestnut Hill. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing when you right when you were starting to say that. <laughs> this third, I was thinking the third green at Chestnut. Justin, what would you compare the third green at Chestnut to? Like what like what geographical place or, or area? I mean, I, I, I just don't know. It's like the third green, say – the third green is equivalent to basically the bathroom for animals in Madagascar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, it's, there's always a bunch of leaves. The green is either very like fast in parts or like extremely slow, very inconsistent bumps everywhere. Very tough to really make anything. Um, yeah, not a big fan of the third green. So, Justin, technically now with this rule, what we would be allowed to do is literally fix everything on that green. There's no limit to what you can and can't cannot fix. So we could go on that green and, and make it spotless. I mean, we could make it just the smoothest green in the world. Yeah, I mean, I'll be clearing out my line, fixing it all up whenever it's damaged. So, I, I mean, I, I like that rule. I do too. Because there was this one example on the PGA Tour of Justin Thomas about six feet out, and there was like spike marks in front of his ball, and he didn't want to put him over it because it was going to alter where the ball went, and and he wasn't able to fix him, and so he chipped it over him, and he still made it, <laughs> but but um that like doesn't you should just be able to put, fix it and put it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think. Our listeners, hopefully all of our listeners are uh, big, big advocates of that rule as well, because I, I think it's really going to benefit everybody in, uh, in the game of golf. I don't think you'll ever have anyone be faced with a uh, disadvantage um, regarding that rule. 
Um, Justin, here's a rule now that, that applies to our scrambles. You're now allowed to touch the line of play on a putting green. So if we're pointing out, you know, oh, you know, Cam, I want you to aim here. Nathan, I want you to aim here. You can actually take your putter or take your finger and actually touch the green now in that exact same spot. You used to just be allowed to hover yeah. over yeah. that well, spot. So, you know, on. we can get a little yeah. bit more specific. Well, give me one. Give me a second. I gotta. I gotta talk to my mom. Just keep. Just keep going. I, I got an opinion on this. I just gotta say something. No problem. No problem. I'll, I'll continue talking here. So, with regarding that rule, you know, now caddies. You'll see caddies on tour starting to take the the other players' clubs. You know, maybe they'll have their seven iron in their hand. They'll be cleaning it off, and they'll actually be able to take the grip down and point on that exact same spot, or they'll be able to yeah. take the flag stick and, and point on that exact same spot instead of just hover it um, and point in the general area, which I think that makes a difference um, in the player's mindset of being able to pick out an exact point to putt to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't feel like it's super significant. I don't feel like it should have been a penalty to touch it in the first place. So right. I guess just making it that not a penalty is I would agree with because it doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense to, because I don't feel like you can make the ball go in by touching the green with your index finger in the spot that you're trying to hit the ball. (laughs) That is true. So we're both in agreement on that one. Um, Now you're allowed to putt with the flag stick in in 2019. Flag stick can be in. No penalty if your ball hits the flag stick. You see Bryson DeChambeau on tour right now experimenting with this, and he's leading all the putting statistics at the Century Tournament of Champions. Oh, wow. Wow. So, I mean, he's having early success with this. I think by the end of the year, you're going to see a lot of people using the flag stick to your advantage. Um, you know, Justin, I was just doing some some tests in my basement um, with the flag stick in. I have one of the old Orchard Ridge flag sticks. And I found that a ball going in at a certain pace in the in the center of the cup will will go in with the flag stick in, but will not go in with the flag stick out. So they're an okay. advantage and a, a, a very famous, you, you, you've probably heard of him, Dave Peltz, a, a, a putting teacher, short game specialist. He did a study and said you probably have a 30, 35% uh, better chance of holding a putt with the flag stick in. So I think those numbers are, are hard to argue against. I mean, I think 30 to 35% is a, a little high because – because I don't, the flag stick doesn't make that much of a difference. The only thing I can see it, like on a straightforward putt, 10 feet, not a whole lot of break. And like you put it in, you knock it in, not going like super fast. Like, I mean, uh, that I don't feel like it makes any difference in that scenario. The only thing is I can see is like going downhill uh, on a fast green, like 20 feet. I feel like leaving the flag stick in, if it's going really fast, is going to knock the ball in the hole. Opposed to where if you're going uphill at about the same distance going kind of fast with the ball, I almost feel like if you're going uphill, it could ricochet off the flag and kind of just sit on the edge of the hole. Right. Right. No, I'm in agreement. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the flag stick in – in the on those downhill pots. I think that's that's the most – you know, you you really – really really uh hit it with that that comment there when it comes to the faster greens you got a downhill pot like fort wayne country club sycamore orchard like hole six at fort wayne oh exactly i mean leave that flag stick in because you know no matter how soft you hit it the ball is going to be coming in with some pace Mm -hmm. the only way to stop it really 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with that rule. I think it's a, I think it's a good rule, um, but I think it their intention was to speed up play with this rule. I think it could slow it down, in my opinion, uh, because you're going to have people with different preferences. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Bob wants it in. Hmm. Oh, Larry wants it out. Tom oh, wants it back Dan in. It. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Um, so are are you in agreement as well, Justin? Yeah, it definitely could slow down the pace of play, but I think leaving that as an option is a plus, leaving being able to have the flag stick in. So in this next rule, Justin, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the powers of, of the ruling committee for a tournament. So let's say you had your own tournament, it was called the, the Justin Open at, at at Chestnut Hills, and you were the committee. You're just completely in charge of everything. Arius, the committee now can mark any area on the golf course as a penalty area. This can include areas of desert, jungle, lava rock, etc. Wow. In addition to areas of water. What areas would you mark um, on Chestnut Hills as penalty areas? Everything but the fairway and green. Wow. So so you'd have to you'd have to drive the ball dead straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'd have to hit every green. Yeah, basically, no, no slack out there. <laughs> that that's that's that'd be a tough tournament. That's I, at I Chestnut Hills, though. I wouldn't say I'd do that on every turn, uh, every every golf course, but Chestnut Hills, fairway green. Justin, I think we need to have. I want to see this event happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I bet our listeners do. So I think we should make this happen. Yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna really make it very far on the course uh i'd say 90 yeah, percent are going to be knocked out after the first hole we uh, should see how far someone could make it. i bet like <laughs> the furthest someone would make it would be the probably the third hole because that may that i don't i don't maybe no i don't think they'd get the fourth if they were one two three i don't think they could do four that's a tough fairway to hit most of the time and the green slopes off in many directions so um I honestly bet out of Chestnut, the third hole would be the furthest a member would get. <laughs> that's probably that's probably true. I th- I think that that'd be a really fun, um, really fun tournament to to spectate. <laughs> um, I mean, you could line the fairway really with the crowd because um, you know you can't miss it. It'd be you're done. So, yeah. so you just say a penalty area equals you're done. Like you just walk off the golf, you're done. Well, I mean, if you keep trying to play, but once you go in one penalty area, then you're going to, like, hit it another, and it's just, like, keep, you're just going to hit gonna tens on every hole. Well, what were you saying? Yeah, now I'm just sort of looking through this. There's a long list of rules here just for our viewers to understand. I mean, it's long, long, long. I'm going to pick out a few more before we wrap up this episode, um, the first episode of 2019. There's now a committee can put into play a maximum score um, for a hole in stroke play. Um, So that's when your your score, you're basically cut off from playing the hole. Once you get to a certain number, you're done. In match play? In in stroke play. Oh, in stroke play. Tournament stroke play. So, Justin, what would would your number be for for people to be kind of cut off and and have to play, play, go to the next hole? So the tournament selects the number? Correct. I mean, double par is a pretty often used one. I'd say just like five more than par, maybe. Yeah. Because like you can make an eight I, on a par a three. That's a good one. I and, like that. But then like a six on a par three, like people are going to make more than a six probably. But then 
but eight i feel like eight wouldn't take too long and you could definitely make an eight on a par three with water um and then 10 on a par five if you're going to 11 then something's up like 11's a lot then <laughs> and then and then uh, ten, uh that'd be what on a, no that'd be yeah 11 would be the would be over the max and then on a par four nine would be the max so all right nine nine's also quite a bit i mean i I haven't made more than a nine on a hole in a tournament for about three or four years, and I was pretty bad, pretty bad three. Years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Justin, we've reached the last page in here. I'm going to discuss two more rules with you, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, now, there are expected standards of player conduct actually written in the rules of golf. So this may this may be the thing, Justin, for for you to call out the hacks and say, "Hey, you're violating the rules of golf because you aren't you aren't following proper player conduct." You know, you're stepping in people's lines, you're, you're throwing your clubs, you're breaking them on the tree, and all. I mean, you you could get some hacks uh, violating these rules. So okay, so like that's that's an example of what they'd be doing to break the rule. But what did you say the rule is exactly? One more time. So it's expected standards of player conduct. There's a code of player conduct. So committees are given authority to adopt their own code of player conduct and to set penalties for breaches of that code. So you can set your own, like if somebody dropped their club, if their club hit the ground, you could kick them out <laughs> of the tournament if you wanted to. So, I mean, if you were in charge, what would you do? Nothing at all. Nothing. So you could do anything. Yeah, I mean, player-on-player player violence, I'd probably disapprove of, but but, but everything <laughs> else, it doesn't, I mean, that's just their own doing. If they're swearing at themselves, they're just their own worst enemy. If they're breaking their clubs, they're making it so they only have 13 clubs. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a good, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's and, a really uh, good point. They're, they're hurting themselves. And then at the same time, time, that could affect other players around them but the best of the best players wouldn't let that affect them. Right. So, That's so true. I feel and like it, it could kind of be by not letting, by letting them do whatever, like it could, it could, uh, it could alter the tournament outcome, but almost in like a, uh, a better, like more determined way who wins would have to be more determined and, and zone into what they're doing and zone out of right. everybody else's actions. Right. As long as they're not hurting anybody or animals or anything, I feel like, yeah, just let them do whatever. <laughs> So, Justin, you're going to laugh at this last rule. It's it's the very last rule on this whole 10-page document by the USGA. It says, new local rule. It's going to be an alternative to stroke and distance. A new rule, local rule provides an alternative stroke and distance relief for a ball that is lost out of bounds. So... This is basically, Justin, the Chestnut Hills rule. How there's no out of bounds. A course can adopt this rule if they would like. They, they don't have to. Wait. It's just it'd be a local rule. So if you hit it out of bounds, what would be out of bounds? It'd be two club lengths from that spot and back into play. Or the other alternative is you get to go to the side of the fairway that your ball kind of crossed out of and went out of bounds and dropped in the fairway and take that penalty. So it's just a one shot penalty? Yeah, so if you hit your tee shot out, you'd be hitting three. But you get a distance. But you get the distance. You get to go all the way. So it's basically what happens at Chestnut if you hit it out. 
in the houses. You get to go up there and take a mm-hmm. couple club lengths. And so it, it's the chestnut. I mean, uh, Gary Gant was, was on the leading edge of this rule. I mean, chestnut's the only course I've ever seen put that into play, and they put it into play before it was even a rule. Yeah, like that, that's a good point. Um, this rule, I don't, I don't really know. Like, wouldn't it? So on the PGA Tour, this if it's your OB, aren't you just OB? Yeah. Okay. Unless there would be a local rule like this, but this is this is like the hack hack rule, basically. Okay. I mean, yeah, I feel like that would speed up play and keep people's spirits in it a little bit more. Because when you that's put one OB, uh, it's kind of demoralizing because you just lose two shots. Um, uh, like, cause yeah, cause you go from hitting one to hitting the three in the exact same spot. Uh, so That's true. getting a distance is definitely going to speed up play and keep people more engaged. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind this rule at all. So, well, Justin, you know, looking back over the summary of our agree, you know, agrees and disagrees and neutrals, you know, for the most part, we agree. I'd say about on, on 90% of the rules, we were in agreement. There were a few where we disagreed, but overall, I think the USGA did a nice job of kind of adapting the rules of golf to the modern game. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, Justin, it's really been a great discussion for our first episode of 2019, going through all the rules and enlightening our viewers to uh, and our listeners to all of the, uh, the new rules and really how to apply them and uh, what situations they'll it'll come up out there on the golf course in, in the great year of 2019. So Justin, it's been great having you on. Um, yeah. Great talking. And we will be back next week for episode two of the 2019 podcast series. Like I said, we're going to be doing this every week. We're going to have a new topic to discuss. Um, I chose this first topic of the golf rules because I felt like it'd be a good start. Justin will be choosing next week's topic and hopefully we'll get into some, um, golf course type of discussion um when and and we'll get kind of give you recaps of our rounds or any golf experiences that we have had that week and we'll make sure to include that as well because i know all of the all the listeners you know all of you guys would really want to really want to hear that that type of stuff yeah and i mean any of the listeners can share any questions they have with us or any of their shots they would like us to talk about um as well so uh, exactly we'll we'll keep a list keep a notebook of those of those questions and um bring them out into play on the on the broadcast or on the uh on the podcast <laughs> the broadcast <laughs> podcast you know same thing so Close enough. justin it's been a great uh 42 minutes and 30 seconds talking here um on the on the podcast and uh, everyone hopefully you uh took these rules to heart and uh Hopefully you'll follow them correctly and use them to your advantage in 2019. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, hope these rules will benefit you in your uh, rounds and tournaments and help you lower your scores. Uh, so all you have a great 2019. All right. We'll next see, week. We'll see y'all next week. And uh, Justin, so long. Go Ravens. Go. Yeah. Go Ravens. That's that's next. That's next. <laughs> see all right. Everybody. We'll see you. Alrighty, bye. bye.